Hacía falta un poquito más de, de llegada entre futbolistas con más gol y coincidió pues, que el equipo hizo esos goles y, y, bueno, y se metió en el partido de verdad hasta el, hasta el final. Neymar leaves it, it's in by Fabio Aurelio, free header, it's in! Oh, what a brilliant header from Ayala! That right out of the textbook, down into the bottom corner, firm and hard, without a challenge in sight, and it's 1-1. Hello everybody, welcome to the Teams of Our Lives, with me, Marcus Speller, and him, Andy Brassel. Hello. How you doing, Ando? Yeah, I'm, I'm waving, listeners. Um... Which obviously you know now, which is good. Um, this is this is one I've been quite excited about, Marcus. I uh-huh. can't lie to you. You cannot lie. It's Sven's. It's not. It's not Sven. I shouldn't do that. That's naughty of me. We will do a Sven <laughs> side at some point. It is Rafa Benitez's Valencia. Before we go any further, Benfica or Lazio? That's the question. No, we're not talking about that. I've already right. ruined this episode. Okay. I'm okay. so sorry. Uh, it is Rafa Benitez's Valencia. <laughs> Everyone in this episode will be fully clothed. Um, so, you know, I've, I've, I've suggested that you may be getting one thing. I don't want you to be disappointed that you don't get that. But we're talking Rafa Benitez's Valencia, which is, which is I think, I think it's, it, it's better. Than, than a lot of people may may uh, believe about this Valencia side because, to give a bit of context, as I like to do, we remember, or certainly I remember, um, Valencia getting to two Champions League finals. That was Hector Cooper's uh, Valencia, of course. Mm. Now, if I may just go back very briefly to the, when Claudio Ranieri managed them in 98-99, when, of course, Blackburn Rovers were relegated from the Premiership. Uh, Valencia won the Copa del Rey that year, and it had been 19, 20 years since their previous major trophy win, which was Cup Winners' Cup, I think, in 1980, and they won the Copa del Rey in 79, I think. And, again, one can forget where a club sits in history. Mm. And Valencia are a big side. There's no two ways about that. But I think that, you know, the Valencia that, that we know and and wish for, because they're in a, you know, in dire straits at, at the moment, and they just sort of have been perpetually for, for a number of years now but this is the club that you that we sort of want to see again around this time and that trophy win uh, under Ranieri started a remarkable of a handful of years of great success and, and enjoyment at the club and in 1999-2000 the Argentinian Hector Cooper took over when they reached the Champions League final incredibly uh, they'd finished fourth to qualify in the Champions League so it would have been a bit like Leeds United uh, reaching the, 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 the Champions League uh, when they were knocked out the semi-final, of course. But they were knocked out by Valencia the following season, which is, of course, when they, when they, won, uh, when they, when they reached the final again in 2000-2001. So they'd, they'd been in two Champions League finals. Um, but in the league, their form hadn't been superb. It had been all right. They finished fifth when they went to the final and they were beaten by uh, Bayern. Their star player was, of course, Gazika Mendieta, who was sold to Lazio for, for, for big money. There's the mention. And Hector Cooper went to Inter. Now, that was a remarkable little period. They didn't win a trophy, uh, a major trophy, of course, other than that uh, uh, cup that Ranieri won. But under Hector Cooper, they reached those two finals. They'd finished fourth and, and fifth in the league. Uh, they'd sold their best player. 
And then they hired Rafa Benitez, which was a surprise choice. And Andy, at the time, you could have thought, well, hang on, this side, they'd reached two Champions League finals. It was so improbable, in particular that first one. You thought, oh, they've had their chance, haven't they? They've, they've, they've shone sort of brightly. They've had a go. And a bit like Leeds United, they've had a go. They've, they've, they've done really, really well. Now it's probably just going to sort of fade away a little bit. And Rafael, Rafael Benitez was a surprise choice. He hadn't managed any sort of big sides at this point, uh, really, to get Tenerife promoted in a short time there. But other coaches were, were wanted. They didn't take the job. And people probably understandably thought, you, you, you had a good go there, lads, but now you're just going to perhaps sort of fizzle out a little bit. That's right. And um, before we come to Rafa Benitez himself, mm. I agree. We have to look at um, Valencia's position, really. Which I, was... I covered a lot of ground in a short space of time. So feel <laughs> free really to go did. back over. <laughs> you really did. I, I think you, you're right. When you, when you talk about the successive Champions League finals and it feeling as if they're winding down, Mm -hmm. after that it's not just because how do you get over being runners-up in the Champions mm -hmm. League in two successive seasons once belted by Real Madrid and then on penalties to, to, to Bayern which is really yeah, difficult yeah, yeah. to to get over in, in, in San Siro but you look at what happened at the end of that season they had arguably the best midfielder in the world at the time mm -hmm. in Gais Comendieta and he went in an extraordinarily expensive transfer to Lazio which never quite worked but from there as you say Hector Cooper goes who's created a mindset is mm -hmm. very I guess in terms of the sort of football that was played he was you know kind of at the Simeone end of the market uh, yeah. you know it recalls Diego Simeone getting um, Atletico to those two Champions League finals in 2014 20. Um, 16 to a certain extent um, but Rafa Benitez as you say has experienced some success in his career mainly in terms of promotions with Estrella Madura and, and Tenerife um, but he's not first choice for the job in fact he's not anywhere near first choice for the job <laughs> people were turning the job down yeah left right and centre and you know you look at the other ones that that, that got offered the, the, the deal, Javier Ureta, who was uh, um, Deportivo, Luis Aragonés, of course, as well. Yeah, um, heavyweight of Spanish coaching. So, yeah, yeah, but none of them are touching Valencia, as you say. Yeah. So it's um, Benitez, who's thought of as an interesting coach, but definitely mm -hmm. not the sort of coach who's going to win you the league. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, the, he, he takes over and... He has a bit of a tricky start to the season as as, as well um, because they get disqualified from the Copa del Rey in amongst various results not going for them. And weirdly, this happened to him again when he was Real Madrid manager. Because <laughs> Why were they disqualified? Remind me. They, I played, them. they played too many EU players in a tie against a fourth tier team. Right. Um, when he was with Valencia so they got booted out of the cup and you can say well it's an admin mistake you know it's nothing to do with him uh -huh. but then it's still fast, piss poor it's fast, embarrassing it is and then you fast forward like I, I don't know 13 years and he's in charge of Real Madrid <laughs> and they get booted out of the cup because yeah. he plays Denis Cherishev who mm, scores the opening right. goal at Cadiz um, 
they work out halfway through the first half is meant to be suspended <laughs> from, from the loan spell the previous season and they subbed him off just at the start <laughs> of the second half and there's this there's this wonderful picture of um Benitez who's sort of got the arm of Nosferatu around him, like shepherding him off the pitch as if maybe if I take you off the pitch in a sinister enough way, no one will notice that you were meant to be suspended yeah, right in the for this game. The second half. Yeah, yeah. They should have subbed him off after about 70 minutes. It would have looked less suspicious. Yeah, yeah. I just left him on for the entire game. I think oh, it started, started out, but it's, it was unfortunate. But going back to Valencia, mm-hmm. um, there's just after that, there's a game at Espanyol where they're 2-0 down at half time and, the the myth goes that if they'd have lost that game against Espanyol, he gets biffed. Yeah. And they come back from 2-0 down, win the game, and that turns out to be the, the, the launch pad for what was a really incredible season in the end. It was. Um, we should say that when he was in charge of Tenerife, it was a side that included Mr. Curo Torres and Luis Garcia. Now They're going to be um, important. Th- they are, uh, especially <laughs> old Mr. Uh, Torres, I think, was on loan from Valencia, maybe. Uh, yes. I can't remember. Luis Garcia may have been on loan as well. Um, but they were certainly there uh, in that in that season. So huge shoes to fill, Benitez taking over from, from Cooper. Um, and, I mean, what did... Some say that, you know, as you say, Cooper, slight sort of Simeone tactics, maybe not have been the most pretty uh, football at times, although they had wonderful players. In, in, we mentioned Mendieta, who'd gone by then. What... What did Rafa do that was that was different to Cooper? Because I think people were surprised, actually. I think nowadays, Rafa has a bit of a reputation as being a little bit boring, maybe, playing yeah. sort of slightly boring football. And obviously, <clears throat> his recent jobs in England have been with... Well, I'm specifically thinking of Newcastle United, where, mm. you know, he's got you know, nine fingers tied behind his back sort of thing yeah. <laughs> with, with, with the situation there. But this team, the fans actually begin to warm to the style of football they played. Yeah, and with Valencia, it's always, everyone talks about Valencia's demanding fans, but it's all it's all about commitment. Uh, that's mm. that's the important thing. And there was buy-in from these players. I think that's, that's really, really important. Mm-hmm. Um, defensive toughness was still part of it. So it was definitely... A bit like when you think of Arsene Wenger inheriting a very, very good defence when he, he, he took over Arsenal. If you look at Ayala, Marchena, um, the fact that they're shielded um, by mm. Ruben Baraja and uh, David Albelda, um, a club product in, in, in front of the back four. That's a very re- impressive <clears throat> spine. Oh, yeah, side. yeah. No, no, no question about it. That's, that's really important. And the fact that Albelda played more and more mm. in 2001, 2002. It's the bit where he starts becoming an absolute indispensable for, for Valencia under under Rafa Benitez. That's that's super important um, because they had the best defence in La Liga when they won the league mm. for him um, the first time in, in 2001, 2002. And they only scored 51 goals in winning the title, which yeah. do- doesn't seem much at all. I think Ruben Baraka was the top goal scorer with like seven or eight. So yeah, seven goals in the league. You're yeah. right. That was that was their top score. It was it, very strange. So I think that the important thing is um, that they still played more attractive football than Hector Coupes, um Valencia, and a huge part of that is because everything went through Mendieta. The, the 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 previous mm-hmm. couple of seasons, and Mendieta was a, a fantastic player, yeah. but very box to box you know he's he's more I think you could say he's more Robson than Baggio 
if, if you like, more Brian Robson than Baggio. Yeah, you don't think of it as and, being that because you think of his highlight package and you think of, yeah. was it at the new Camp, he takes it down and stuffs it into the corner, you know, and, and, and those kind of goals, that's what you think of him. But you're right, he was slightly different. He, he wasn't the sort of a number 10. He could run for days. I mean, that, yeah. that, was, that was his thing. And um, not by any means diminishing his gifts as a, a footballer. But I think the interesting thing is after he goes under Milites, Pablo Ayama starts to take centre stage. And yeah. that, that is absolutely huge. Would you and call him box-to-box, Andy? <laughs> <laughs> I would, but I'd be lying. <laughs> and, He's a lovely little player, Ayama. Yeah, he was, he was fantastic. Um, that season as well, which he, he starts to really find his feet as as the little prince of Valencia um, in 2001-2002. And so there are a couple of sliding doors moments that I think work for Benitez in this season. Diminished expectation because of the exits of uh, mm-hmm. Cooper and Mendieta. Um, as, as we say, that comeback against Espanyol. And I don't know, I think the other thing is, you go back to the last game that Hector Cooper took charge of um, in, in Valencia in 2001. Now, the remarkable thing is, after going through that heartbreak of losing the final at San Siro, they still got to play three league matches afterwards. The Spanish league didn't, oh, didn't, didn't yeah. finish until like the second or third week of, of, of June that year. Yeah. And you will remember, and if you don't remember, you will definitely YouTube it. The last game of 2001-2002 season, Barcelona versus Valencia mm, at Camp Nou. And Bar- Valencia need a point to yep. get into fourth spot and get into the Champions League qualifiers. But Rivaldo, Marcus, mm. scores oh. the greatest hat-trick yeah. of all time, including oh. a last-minute overhead kick that takes Barcelona into the Champions League at their expense. And maybe, from Benitez's perspective, not only removes a bit of expectation, but takes a bit of pressure off the calendar. I am getting misty-eyed thinking about that overhead kick that Rivaldo scored against them in the last seconds of the game. Oh, my goodness. But because it's not about the, him. It's... The, the, the Champions League as well is, yeah. uh, just to interrupt, Marcus, is yeah, yeah. A, an, a real undertaking then as well. Because yeah. we think of the pressure that the Champions League puts on the calendar now, and particularly the way we look at it at the moment in a pandemic mm-hmm. year. But back then, the Champions League had two group stages. Yes. And, you know, Valencia were rolling with a good squad, but not an absolutely mammoth squad by any stretch mm-hmm. of the imagination. Yeah. And... It, funnily enough, um, speaking of their European uh, uh, jaunts and whatnot, you know that 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 season they got to the quarterfinal of the UEFA Cup. And yes. Who were they beaten by? Hector Cuba's Inter. Yes. Uh, and it wouldn't be the first time that Hector Cuba's Inter get get the better of them in European competition. But that first season under Benitez, you know, they, obviously they they won the league. It's the first time they won the league since 1971. And for Benitez to come in and do that in his first season when, again, he hadn't really managed a big side. He hadn't managed too many players like that, really. Mm. I, it's an extraordinary achievement. That's right. And to, to put it in, I, I guess, the most succinct way possible, Mario Kempes couldn't win La Liga at Valencia. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it was something really, really special. But it felt like it was it was a really interesting time for La Liga then because if you look at it they um, you'd already had Deportivo La Coruña win it Mm. in 2000 then Valencia win it in 
2002. Valencia win it again in 2004, as yeah. we'll come to in a minute. And at this point, it's Galactico's first Galactico's yeah. era, Real Madrid. Uh, yeah. The first era of um, uh, Florentino Perez. Of course, they, they won the Champions League in this year, 2002, when Zidane won it at Hampton. Well, actually... Casillas won it at Hamden. Yeah, people forget Casillas' yeah, yeah. performance sometimes. But yeah. Zidane's great goal, of course, ex- you know. Ex- exactly. And um, that, that, that was that was two years after that they'd last won it. And at this point, Barcelona are in the most profound institutional crisis mm. that they were until now, really. <laughs> well, yeah, you so, you, you know, that they're, they're a complete financial mess really at at this point so it was a good chance for clubs that were managed well that were coached well to maybe have that little opportunity Mm. Uh, in that second season under Benitez they finished fifth in the league Mm. which was a bit of a disappointment I suppose considering they were champions they did reach the quarterfinals of the Champions League having topped their first group with 16 points then finished top of their second group uh, or the second group phase of the Champions League getting the better of Ajax, Arsenal and Roma and people would have thought oh here we go again um, and then they were edged out as I mentioned earlier by Hector Cooper's Inter on away goals in the quarters but it's still a good showing it showed you that they were they, they were back if you, if, you, if you see what I mean and then in Rafa's third and final season would be his best they won the league and they finally won a European trophy it wasn't the Champions League but it was still the UEFA Cup and to get that European glory it's so good that that happened because, again, reaching two Champions League finals, um, you know, going to the quarters again, and you think, yeah, that's all very well, but it would be nice to win a bloody European trophy. And, of course, the Champions League is that. But it's a bit like, I mean, there's tiny comparisons with Simeone's Atletico in that, you know, they win, they, they get to two Champions League finals and, of course, and it, you know, it would be bloody Real Madrid both times. But... At least they won a Europa League after that. And people can say, oh, you know, second... No, 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 no. I think if you win a Europa League or back then UEFA Cup, that's huge. And for a club like yeah. Valencia as well, I think that, that that would have been such a welcome win for those fans. It was huge. And they celebrated it for so long afterwards. The, yeah, the... about 10 years, Andy. <laughs> for the books, you know? Yeah. <laughs> the, the doblete, as they called it. And mm. um, I think as well, it's worth realizing that they beat a really pretty good Marseille side in the in in the final and they were low and Bartes sent off early on yeah that's right Didier Drogba was was involved yeah. in that run as well you remember he in, knocked out Newcastle uh, yeah he beat them single-handedly didn't he in oh, the in, in the velodrome in the semi oh, yeah he was and um you know there were some really good sides in the back end of of, of that UEFA cup um but I guess really the two things about this season and I think the, the thing that worked so well for Benitez over those years at Valencia that also kind of contributed to it coming to an end was the fact that it, it was it was it was such a, a period of stability there mm. were no real big splashes in the transfer market of, no. of course there are there are a few like little arrivals you think of uh, Fabio Adalio turning up at uh, at one point but still a, a youngish player from Brazil at, at, at that point um but well, Carlos Mochena, he brought to the club and he was a huge sign I mean you've mentioned him already 
Yeah, that's 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 right. But he, he was he was there for that for both titles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. There, there was very little change in the squad between title one and title two, which I think is quite mm-hmm. interesting, especially when you well, big John Carew. We think John Carew around for title two? No, he wasn't. No. Yeah, well, um, I see. So I think you and you look at up front what really changed um, for the second one in two thousand and four is it was the a career season. For Mister, who yeah. he'd, he'd brought from Tenerife and who he's very close to, of course, and Bithente, the left winger, who was oh, season. unbelievable, laid on so many assists that season and played so well that you know it's he, easy he got to, to get to Brighton. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> at that point, that was post injuries and post this yeah. ankle knack that wouldn't go away. But if you if you look at how he was being talked about then, people were looking at him as like you know. Mm. maybe one of the best wide players in Europe um, people were talking about him maybe ended up at Manchester United at, at, at some point either to alternate with Ryan Giggs or play mm. playing in, in tandem with him so um, you know they're a, they're a terrific side and they had this focal point up front that they didn't have in Benitez's first two seasons as well because not only was Mr. a good finisher he was really good in the air he could hold the ball up as well there was there was mm-hmm. so much more to him but he's one of these weird sort of um one of these really unusual players in the game in that he had a season which was so good in 2003 2004 Mm -hmm. you kind of wonder how did he never reproduce it any of the rest of the time i mean a couple of years later he went to atletico he scored i think two or three in like 40 odd games Mm-hmm. And, and and that was that, and his career kind of fizzled out in in t- Toronto in the end. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 it was a bit like the I suppose the Marcus Stewart of La Liga in that year, <laughs> in, that, <laughs> in that he had this absolutely extraordinary season that was yeah. was was never never to be repeated. Yeah, I think this isn't a fair comparison because Diego Melito scored quite a lot of goals everywhere he you know went. I think it was a Genoa he scored a lot there and so on but but he had that season you remember obviously Mourinho the treble season where he's walking on air yeah well I I honestly thought he should have been um, would it have been the Ballon d'Or back then Uh, I forget when that award sort of merged I honestly thought he should have got it like he was that good of course he wasn't given it because you know some people in federations far away may not think of him you know with with the way the voting goes either way Vesley Snyder doesn't agree no, of course not, and I, and I and I wouldn't expect him or want him to agree. But uh, but you're right, Mister that season. I mean, and 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 what was great is you know he starred in that in that UEFA Cup final victory. You know he wins the penalty very cleverly, and Bartes is is rightly sent off. It sort of ruins the game in, for the neutral, but the rules are the rules. And then you talk about his finishing. The way he finishes that second goal is just so beautiful and nonchalant. Bear in mind, it's a final. It's effectively to win the game, to cap off a, a, an amazing season. And just with the outside of his boot, you know, knocks it brilliantly into the net. I mean, he scored 24 in all competitions. And it's interesting. You know, This all goes into this, the, the point that the amount of goals they scored in the league in the previous seasons under Benitez and Cooper had been in the 50s. 50 something uh, this season they scored 71 goals in the yep. league it shows you doesn't it they only conceded 27 in 38 matches yeah and they, both ends of the pitch they were operating uh, on a high level and that they, they lost the last two games of the season and still ended up winning the league by six points yeah uh, <laughs> you know they, they were they, they were super comfy and they were comfortably the best team in um in in spain that season um but really i think what gave them 
the start is if you go back to autumn and they mm. beat Real Madrid and Barcelona in successive weeks. And, and mm. that, I think, gives you an enormous boost. Mm. It's a pressure to live up to, of course, but mm-hmm. in terms of them thinking, right, we can go and win the title again this season, I think that's where they started to, to get the feeling back. And, and then um, after a little blip in about February, that, that they they really hit their straps from from there on in but of course we talked about the fact that there wasn't really this turnover of players now mm-hmm. in in the previous one of the previous um teams of our lives when we talked about blackburn rovers how you follow up a title win is is so important and you know you, you look at blackburn where um you know people were expecting them to go and spend big again after they won the league in 95 and it it, it never happened you know there were no big signings afterwards and mm-hmm. it, it started to fall apart now really what precipitated the departure of Rafa Benitez is and it becomes a running theme in his career um the the dispute he has with the sporting director at Valencia Jesus Garcia Pitach who eventually ends up at Aston Villa I mean I think he only left last year um and it's funny, I remember at the time being asked by a lot of Villa fans, uh, what's what's this guy like? And I was thinking, uh, don't ask Rafa Benitez. <laughs> but, but, but because, you know, he, he didn't show him that mm. um, they didn't really get each other. They didn't really understand each mm. other, but he didn't he didn't go and, and get him what he wanted or anything near what he wanted. And mm. this was always a recurring problem for Benitez that he couldn't really work out for a long time that he wasn't the sporting director and he wasn't the manager. He was the coach and mm. he was so good at coaching players. He was so good at relating to players. And and then when he starts trying to get his fingers in the transfer business, mm. it all gets a little bit muddy. There was that famous quote where um, on, on leaving Valencia, when he talked about um, uh, Pitach and he, he, he said, well, basically the problem was I asked for a sideboard and he brought me a, a, a table lamp. Mm. Yeah, Benita, he likes to have control, and he is yeah. quite an English manager in that respect. Yeah, really. manager in the old English sense of the word, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but of course he got to he got to spend all the all he wanted to spend on at Newcastle United, so he got his reward, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, all things come to those who wait, eh? <laughs> no wonder he went to China for a bit. I don't know what. I mean, I have no idea how he did and so on. But uh, presumably, they he saw the the vast sums that they'd been spending on players. He thought, right, everyone deserves a holiday, and I do as well. I'm going that, over there for a bit. <laughs> I reckon that was the thing in the interview. Uh, do you have any questions for us? Yes. Can I sign Salomon Rondon? <laughs> yes. Then you've got a deal. Exactly, can, can yeah. I sign Mr. and Kuru Tor- Torres as well? You can sign they're, whoever you want. They're, they're a bit um, old now, but yeah, go on. Oh dearie me! Um, it was amazing because that, as you say, that that second title-winning season, you know, it was the Real Madrid Galacticos. They were eight points behind them with twelve games to go. It was an amazing turnaround. And I think Benitez's sides, there is that sort of they just keep going, and. I, I, we've got to mention some of the players, even just if you, we just say their name. You know, every, people remember Keely Gonzalez, for example, how mm. crucial he was. Angulo, um, Adrian Illy was there as well. You yeah, the, the the Romanian top, uh, Santiago... top, top wingers. Uh, I, th- I yeah. think uh, you mentioned Angulo there. Uh, Rufete was really good for them, and these are mm. all guys who could put in a shift as well. Yeah. I, I think I think you're right. Canazar is in goal, Bach in the orders, and so Oof. on. You know, yeah. wonderful Carbone at the back. You, you remember Maurizio Pellegrini was at the back as well. R- Roberto Ayala was always my favourite. That he was. that most Argentinian of defenders. 
Mm. I, I mean, they called him uh, the Raton, didn't they? Because he was, a, he, was a, he was he was a, he was a right little sniffer, right little yeah. right little rodent. Uh, uh-huh. But um, I think when you look at the way that he made up for his lack of size by just yeah. this snap and desire, he was he was an incredible player. He was, yeah. Jocelyn Angomar as well. Yeah, for the first uh, title, yeah. For the first title, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm I'm just sort of looking at this as a whole as we retired uh, directly after that first title. But I think Anglomar was what 36, I think, when they won that first title. Extraordinary, but I think it's funny though because again, these players. This is this is why some players will speak so highly of of a particular coach. You know, Valencia have not won a league title or European trophy since Benitez. They've won the Copa del Rey twice, Mm. Um, but you know, really, Rafa could claim. Uh, to be the best, or at least one of the best managers in their history. Yeah, uh, no it, question, you know, hands down. And I, and I think people forget that. I think people remember Cooper's Valencia, because when we were talking about this side, I immediately said, "Well, Hector Cooper's Valencia." And you rightly said, "Well, actually, no, Rafa Benitez." And I was like, "Really? Come on, something a bit more, something a bit more sexy." And then I thought, "Oh, actually, we're, not, we're going to do him another week." But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it, but I think it's true. <coughs> Excuse me. Benitez gets the Liverpool job off the back of this, of course. Yeah. But in terms of you know players loving coaches, you look at those players in that Valencia side. They they've won league titles now. They've won a European trophy because of Benitez. He took them to that level. And when you go back over the names, yeah, we remember them all as great players. But they were better sides, you know. Again, the Galactico side knocking around the Liga at the time. Yeah. So a lot of people are. Or, or, or will be, and I'd imagine they are, and if not, they perhaps should be, indebted to Benitez for what he did at the club that, that, at that time. Yeah, I, th- I think that's absolutely right. And I think it's it's one of those achievements, like with many of these teams that we're talking about week after week, where their achievement becomes more astonishing rather than less astonishing as time yeah, goes yeah, by. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Valencia winning the league two years out of three, it's... It's something that's absolutely extraordinary. Yeah, very much so. Andy, bloody pleasure talking to you. As always. About Rafa's uh, uh, Valencia. Uh, I've been to Valencia as well. It's a nice place. Get yourself over there. Although, I have to say, Marcus, the one thing is, beware if you've not been there, ladies and gentlemen, with the patatas bravas, rather than putting that spicy kind of terracotta sauce on them, tomato, Uh tomato ketchup in Valencia. Bugger off, mate. Um, but do help yourself to an orange off the tree. Uh, <laughs> Are you suggesting that Valencia is better for oranges than Sevilla? I think we'll be able to de- debate this on a future episode. I, I yeah, I mean, it's a debate that I haven't signed up for. I mean, you can oranges of our lives, <laughs> citrus fruits of our lives. Let's not be too prescriptive. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh dearie me. Um, but uh, a bit of uh, a bit of rabbit in the paella, as it's meant to be. Yep. In Valencia, people don't realise that. There we are, ladies and gentlemen. Right, it's time to finish. But thank you very much for listening to this week's team, teams of our lives. We'll be back next week with another beauty. See you then. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network.